brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. I'm at the nail salon. What? I'm at the grocery store. What? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. You're listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul Abernathy. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Electrician Live. Every Saturday evening at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, give or take a minute, okay? Takes a little bit to... Takes a little bit to get the system rolling a little bit, but we want to thank you for joining us tonight. Those that are following over on the actual video stream, which is our youtube.com forward slash master the NEC. Uh, and for those that are listening to our podcast, which is basically being broadcast on electricianlive.com as well as any of our other podcast platforms. Obviously, you can go there and listen to the podcast if you wish. Got a lot of people signing up. If you hear that sound, that's people that are actually signing up uh, to follow us over on our YouTube channel. We encourage you to share it. People need to follow it. Look at it. They're just going to keep on and on and on. We have a lot of people that are following us. Lately, we've seen a big surge in followers. Um, And so we appreciate every one of you. Uh, If that gets too annoying, I'm going to turn it off. Um, And it is getting annoying, man. That's that's an awful lot of folks that are joining us. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Again, my name is Paul Abernathy. Uh, The lines are open tonight, as you can see, scrolling across the top of our screen. If you're following over on the actual um, YouTube channel, again, it's youtube.com forward slash master the NEC. And, of course, the phone number to call in is 214 Uh, 945-0653. If you'd like to talk about tonight's show or like to chime in or you have an experience you want to share with everybody, uh, encourage you to call in. This is uh, tonight's topic kind of, you hear all those bells. That is literally people subscribing to the channel as we speak. Uh, And if you're on the channel, you can actually see when they subscribe. They, it actually brings up this little, Little little dude that runs around on the left side of the screen uh, showing people that are subscribing or following us. So anyway, we're excited about the growth of the show. We have a lot of things lined up. We got some 
experts on estimating coming up. Look at that. They just keep coming in. Um, we've got some uh, experts on other areas that, again, that I'm not the expert in. Uh, and so they'll be coming to the show as well uh, as we kind of get into this kick it off. We kind of got through the learning period there, which was the first month or two, getting these things right. And now we've got this thing, you know, hopefully dialed in pretty good. Again, by the notice of all these people joining, again, that's uh, people that are subscribing. Again, look, they just keep going. That's awesome. I'm, I'm excited about that. Anyway, so tonight's topic, as you probably saw on Electrician Live, which again, by the way, is where we broadcast uh, our um, content, tell you what's coming up in future shows. And again, sometimes that gets changed depending on uh, interesting topics that could be could be coming up. Uh, and so again, we have um, tonight's topic. Actually, you know what? I'm going to have to turn that off. That does get annoying. Although I appreciate everybody, that does get annoying. So... Um, I want to thank you all for joining. Uh, tonight's topic is uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, COVID-19. I guess it's moving across the country. We're going to look at some charts and things like that, kind of get an idea. Uh, I'm more focused on how it affects us in the electrical industry. Obviously, I've gotten tons of emails, tons of calls. Uh, I did have somebody lined up to be a special guest on the show, um, but they had last minute. They today sent me something, said they, they really apologize. They, they couldn't make it, and that's fine. Uh, good evening, Tim. Tim is uh, somebody that's over on our actual stream, uh, and uh, Tim's also a member of our Fast Tracks program too. So, um, so he's following. So again, those that are listening, come over and watch us and everything like that. Quick Time is also in here. If you're over on the video, uh, listening on the podcast, come on over to the video stream. Uh, again, the rebroadcast will also be over on our YouTube channel for later. Um, and uh, so, thanks for joining us here in the in the room. Um, so let's talk a little bit about it. Again, the phone lines are open. If you have your own unique experience, you want to chime in, uh, you have some comments on anything I have to say, let's, let's, let's keep it, uh, let's keep it friendly because we're all friends here. Um, a lot of calls this week, uh, and talks and chats with individuals. Obviously I get, a, I talk and interact with a lot of electricians and electrical contractors, some large-scale contractors, and, and, and some small contractors. And a lot of the topics uh, that we had uh, this week were central around the coronavirus or COVID-19 uh, and uh, things like that, and how it affects their business. Uh, what we have looking forward to. Now, first I should say one thing. I, I am not a doctor. I am not an expert in disease. Um, um, I've never really had any disease. I got diabetes, but other than that, viruses and things like that, I am. I'm not an expert in that area. But what I am an expert in in is the electrical industry, and I look and see what trends and what's happening, and where we should brace and what we should do, and and just advice that. And I talked to them all this week. Uh, Some other shout outs to people that are in the video portion of this segment. Uh, is uh, Alex, Mario, Tony, and Diego. Thank y'all all from coming uh, tonight. Uh, again, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, come on over to the video stream. It's always better when it's video, man. Always better to see. I mean, you're looking at me. But that's probably not the best thing in the world. But, hey, I didn't even shave tonight, so you get to see the rough paw. Um, and my wife sees this all the time. But anyway, the topics came up this week, and there was some real concern by some individuals. And, and I have a concern, but I want to put some things. Uh, what's up, Nolan? Thanks for coming to the stream tonight. Um, I want to put some things into context. Um, also, I got to give a shout out to Kenneth. 
Kenneth is one of our newest Patreon members. Uh, thank you, Kenneth, for, for joining uh, the Patreon crew. Uh, uploaded another video today for that on the 2020. And I even shared an, uh, a one of my 210.8 videos today on our, on our YouTube stream if you want to go watch that. Uh, share it, share it, share it everywhere, you know, that type of thing. Okay, sorry. So COVID-19, we had a conversation this week, and uh, I have an interesting take on it as well because... Uh, most people know that I work for Uncool Wire, which is a large comp- company. We, we have over 1,600 employees. And last week, I guess it's last week. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess last week. I spent most of the time running around the country. Um, I was in Florida, and then I did a red eye, you know, night flight. I had to jump up to, uh, where did I go? I was in Florida, and then I was in Georgia. And then I was in North, no, I was in North Carolina. Then I was in Florida. Then I was in Georgia. And these are successive days teaching classes. And then I ended up in Ohio. In Ohio, I taught two classes, an all day class, and it was like I don't, I don't remember. I think it was like eighty people each day, or eighty and sixty, or fifty, or something like that. It was a, a, a decent crowd. And uh, what's up, Jay? Thank you for coming to the uh, to the stream again. These names over there on the podcast, you hear me calling out. Uh, these are individuals that are joining me over on the actual live stream. Again, youtube.com forward slash master the NEC. We do it every week. Uh, again, this show is centered around the podcast for you that are listening. But again, I decided to make it a video as well. So you can you could stare at this ugly mug for at least an hour. Okay. All right. Anyway, so I, a lot of interaction, a lot of concern with people. But Uncle Wire, you know, I was traveling around the country interacting uh, following the normal, you know, social, it's, it's kind of hard to follow this social distancing thing when you're, everybody wants to come up to you and either, you know, shake hands or, or, or sign something, book or, or, or you know, or, or just something. Um, I had a couple people that wanted me to sign the code book right next to my name in, in the front of the code book. I don't know why, because I don't write, you know, whatever. But yeah, hey, I'm, I'm more than happy. It, you have to social, you have to social interact with people. And, I, you know, I didn't really, I, I had the Germex, you know, I, you know, that type of thing. I wasn't elbowing or, you know, that, that, that. Um, but I didn't really, I wasn't that concerned about it, even though I heard it going around. I mean, I'm on six different airplanes total on this whole trip. And I really got concerned when I got back because uh, I went to Uncle Wire. You know, Uncle Wire uh, is a really pretty big corporation and they freaked out. Not just for me, but we also had other people that were at conferences. And there were people that actually identified at conferences as having the COVID-19. And so, of course, it sent, you know, everybody freaked out. We had, and it's like any company. We, we have protocols we have to follow. And there were, you know, and then, of course, the price of copper dropped and everything, you know, everything centers around that. But I spent most of my time on the phone with electrical contractors. Also, this week, I did a lot of training online. Uh, because, and I'll explain why I did that, because uh, it's really important. Uh, and it kind of ties in with stuff like Dr. Oz was saying today, if you didn't see it on Fox News, if that's what you watch, um, talking about how to address this and what we should do uh, in this situation. And I think it was awesome, awesome advice um, and that people should follow. We understand that this, this, this COVID-19 thing uh, could do something where we went from an ultimate high, where we feel like the economy was great, we're pumping, jobs are coming out, lowest unemployment rates, and then all of a sudden we get thrust into this pandemic where 
now people are worried about jobs and and people are worried about you know the the unemployment went up and and all these kind of things which are a real concern i mean this affects people and uh, from somebody who's made it a, a part of their mission to educate and train people uh to help take their career to the next level um I'm always trying to give of myself to help other people from the electrical perspective, not the other stuff with the, you know, that's somebody else's thing, healthy thing, health COVID thing or doctor. I just want to do my, my piece to help people get secure a better life when it comes to, you know, their electrical knowledge. I mean, that's all I can give. I don't have anything else I can give. So anyway, that's why we do a lot of the stuff we do and, so I had a lot of calls this week, a lot of interaction with electricians, and some couple things you know kind of resonated here. Um, we I talked to a really small contractor, a, you know, a mom and pop, and he told me that he had about eight employees, and that uh, he was concerned with this COVID nineteen and his employees and their families. And of course, when you're a smaller company like that, you really do embody the the issue of. Uh, you know, I care about John or Bill or or Steve that work for you because they got families, and not that we don't care in general overall. But you know, he he had a he had a a, a more intimate connection with the concern, right? And you know, and so we got to talking about it, and you know, I I gave him some advice. I said, look. My opinion is, again, these are my opinions. You can agree to disagree. And again, no hard feelings if you disagree. I get it. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about opinions. Everybody's entitled to have one. I am just looking at it from uh, the spectrum of talking to a lot of people, and I get a lot of calls. I get a lot of people that call about code issues or questions or training, and the next thing you know, the conversation might turn to this direction or this direction. And of course, this week... Everything was gearing towards COVID-19 and what is your company doing? So I knew that I had this show coming up. And so I said, let's let's talk about it. And so I kept talking about it. And then they kept talking about it. And so I learned some things. Uh, I did learn the innate goodness in people, uh, even though we see a lot of stuff on the media that really looks the opposite of that. Uh, and the innate goodness in people uh, will shine through always, um, you know, those type of things. So anyway, we're talking, it's a small contractor. And I said, you know, most of the jobs that you do are probably small. Um, And when I say small, I mean very manageable, whether it's a service contractor or whether or not you're just doing service calls or whether or not you're, um, you know, doing single family dwellings, two family dwellings, you you know, manageable scope type projects. And I said to him, I said, you know, I don't know that it'll affect you too much because, you know, most of the states are going to this 10-person thing, whereas you can't have a group of more than 10 people gathered. Uh, But in most job sites, uh, small, manageable job sites, okay, I'll work my way up because I did talk to some big mega contractors. Um, And the small stuff, I think, are going to keep going, or they should talk about keep, you know, go keeping going. Um... Usually, if you have an electrician and a helper or something on a job, uh, they're able to practice social distancing while they're on the job. They can keep a distance apart. They can communicate. Um, and at the ultimate, at the end of the day, I think you have to give them the decision, uh, and they have to make the decision because you know they're the ones that that, that need the paycheck. They're the ones that some t- some occasions are 
literally living from paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, I think ultimately we have to look at this this pandemic thing uh, from a different perspective. And I'm going to share my perspectives of that today as we, you know, tonight as we go into this. Um, but I told him, I said, I think you should just keep on your normal. Uh, look at your projects, small scope. Usually projects on that that are small like that don't have what's called deadline penalty, which means if you don't finish by a certain deadline, you get penalized and you get so much per day. You know, that's the bigger guys, the bigger contractors. Uh, the smaller ones, the service guys, I, you know, I'm almost like, he asked me, Paul, what would you do? And again, his company was a little smaller than mine was at one time, but not too much smaller. I mean, not a lot smaller and or the scope of what he did. And I think he had, when he asked me, he just kind of point blank asked me, he said, um, he said, um, what would you do? And I said, uh, well, I probably would go on as normal. I would probably put my two men on a project. I would probably be very, very conscious of, of what other trades are on there. I would talk to the owners and see if we couldn't segment our trades. In other words, you know, let electrical get in here for this week um, and let um, the others get in there uh, the next week. And let's kind of segment this out so we can get this job done. Uh, the last I checked, you're not going to catch uh, the COVID-19 from wooden studs or metal studs. <laughs> I mean, you get me? You see what I'm saying? So I think that you can, with a little bit of, 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 of work, work that project out with the owner and, and work it out. Now, obviously, when it comes to service work, people are still going to call. They still got problems. They still need to have things fixed. Uh, I think that if you have a, a, a social awareness program, social distancing, explain on the phone to the customer, um, and you actually let them know that you, you're practicing a COVID-19 policy, and when they come to look at the work, they want to just keep a distance, um, and that, that, that type of thing. And, and just, you know, maybe even ask the customer, do you have any symptoms, okay, because I'm worried about my staff. Um, again, got to be creative, but I don't know that you're not going to service those needs, okay. So that was my address to the small guy. The other thing that I said to him is, if none of your staff have uh, uh, symptoms or anything like that, this is, believe it or not, every company, whether you're large or small, have a period in time where they do what's called their education. And I also believe that this is a good time for people to get back. If you're off work, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit in a minute, but if you have a downtime or you have a couple of days or you're in self-quarantine or whatever you are, um, and, you know, Tim, I, I also, one of our viewers over on the video stream said he's never heard of social distancing until two weeks ago. You know what, Tim? I didn't either, man. I, I mean, I contributed social distancing is, is me just staying away from people I didn't care about. That was my version of social distancing. I'm staying away from you because I really don't want to have a conversation with you, right? Uh, and this has turned into a totally different thing. Um, but... I mean, we're adapting. We're always adapting. I think this is a millennial uh, adaption of social distancing. Uh, I don't think we know what the, the hell social distancing would have been back in our day. Uh, and I'm not going to give my age, but it would have it would have been, been back when the stones were very popular. Okay, rolling stones. Okay, N- no, not stones in a stone age. Okay, 
<laughs> you know what I mean. So at the end of the day, so anyway, I told him, I said, I think I sh- you would go do your normal. Uh, you're small enough that I think you can segment out your crews and, 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 and do what you've got to do. Uh, keep very abreast of it and aware of it. But again, education is key when it comes to those downtimes. So I recommended to him, and you'll see a common thread here, that it's a perfect time when you have a downtime. It's perfect time to educate. And the, here's what I can tell him. The jobs aren't going away. The projects that are still going need to be finished. We will get through this. We will move forward. Right now, the problem is that many companies did not have a contingency plan for something like this, where they still have to meet payroll. And, you know, that is, uh, and it's just a, uh, one of those, those things. Now, when we, uh, and Mario, one of, our, one of our viewers over on the stream says, um, our industry has not been hit as hard as other industries. Well, I, you know, talking through this week, and I mean, I've been on the phone this week with, with many, many people from different, you know, small scale to large scale, um, our industry is, is, you know, the only time that it's, that's really affecting our industry is the, the, not the mom and pops and the medium smalls. Um, it is the big projects. It's the ones where on any given job site, they have 50 or 60 electricians. Um, depending on the direction that the company takes, that can hurt that individual aspect. Okay. Uh, that is the, the thing. Um, and so to answer your question, George, are you doing any electrical topics tonight? Nope. Sorry. COVID-19 and electrician. That's what's on the, the, uh, electricianlive.com website is tonight's topic. Sorry. Catch us next week. Uh, also remember that electrician live is not generally geared towards electrical exam prep in that type of thing. Even though I might talk about that on some nights, that's not what electrician live is all about during the week. It's a different story. Different story. Um, so, and if anybody has any experiences of the COVID on their job site or what they're dealing with, feel free to call in. You see the numbers ticking across the top. Uh, I recommend the phone number versus the Skype because I don't know that I even have Skype running. Uh, but again, if you have any ish- incidences you've run into and you want to chat with everybody and share your story, feel free to call in. Phones are live. We can uh, get you in on here. Just be respectful, please. Um, I'm respectful of you, so please be respectful as well. I, you know, I would appreciate it. Um, I have nobody filtering for me, so again, that type of thing. Um, so anyway, that was a small contractor, and I, I felt for the guy, but I said, you know what? Maybe it's a good time for all of your staff to you know do some training, okay? And, you know, do, do, do some actual uh, code update training or, or maybe pick a specific topic that your, your staff has been struggling with and have some training, okay? Um, webinar software is, is, is readily available. Freeconferencecall.com is free. Uh, you can get an account. You can interact. All the employees could call in. You could have some training, discussion. Keep them in active. Now, in their mind, they might be thinking, if you sent me home, I'm not getting paid, so I'm not going to be involved. And it, that is possibly true as well, and I get that. Um, in this case, the small contractor uh, wasn't planning on pulling off anything. You know, he was just wondering how he should move forward. Now, I did talk to a large contractor on the East Coast 
who does do projects, high rises, and it has affected them because they have upwards of 50 and 60 electricians uh, and, and helpers and whatnot on any given project. And he said they are very concerned. And the one thing they're concerned with is it's a non-union um, is being able to meet payrolls, right? Uh, the unions tend to have some contingencies, so this is a you know maybe a, an example of why union can be beneficial. But nobody was prepared for this. Okay, nobody was, and people are pointing blame and that kind of crap. And I'm like, whatever. It's nobody's prepared for something like this to happen. But let's put it in perspective. Okay, perspective. Most of the small companies are still going to plug, plug away like they normally would. Even most of the medium ones are going to segregate out their, their employees to different jobs, and they're going to move. It's the big ones that are going to struggle because of big lump project stoppages. The other thing that happens on these big projects, and this is what the, 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 the contractor that I talked to was really worried about, is that there seemed to be a, a disconnect between the contractor who has a deadline and the owner who can't relate and doesn't want to renegotiate the deadline penalties. And he was really, really concerned that the contract is a contract. And if he didn't meet certain milestones, then he would get penalized. And it seemed to really, uh, it seemed to really affect him that way. He was more concerned about that. He says that they can weather the storm two weeks, three weeks. They can weather that. He was more concerned with the projects being delayed and him getting behind schedule and then having a problem with that. Um, the other thing that he mentioned it is they were going to do his darndest to continue to keep paying, even if the guys were sent uh, home or something like that. And that's when I said, you know, it's a perfect time to keep them training. If you're going to have to pay them, then they need to attend some kind of training during the day, a webinar, a seminar, an educational event, uh, you know, whatnot. Um, and the first thing he said to me was, if my guys, if I have, if I end up sending them home, then I'm going to get fast tracks programs for every one of them. And I was like, well, I was like, Hey, I like that. But, uh, I offered him a discount on that because I was like, if you buy the bulk, uh, if that happened, I'm more than happy to help you out with something like that. But anyway, it's a contingency plan. If you have to, they should keep learning, keep going. You know, a lot of the bigger companies, too, they do a lot of formal training. So what I told the, the him, I said, look, if, if you talk to your friends and they do big training events a couple of times a year, maybe they need to consolidate their training uh, in one time. And, and, and go on and just do it then, and then you can just get rid of the other training through the year and just kind of consolidate it down if that's what you needed to do. And, and he agreed. He says, you know, that's a great idea. Um, we do have a certain amount of training that, that we do, and that might be there. They might just consolidate it down. So kind of what I did this week, a good example of that is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of this week. Everybody knows that I was last week I was traveling all over the country teaching, and I'm not going wood. I haven't had any symptoms of COVID-19, even though I was on six different airplanes, talked to hundreds and hundreds of people, shook tons of hands, and da la la. Don't feel sick. I know I can be, you know, have symptoms or no symptoms and still be a carrier, but I, I feel okay. Feel fine. Now, I got diabetes, so I got an underlining health condition. But you know what? I had a prior commitment. I had to kind of keep it. Um, but this week, 
I have literally been training Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, three hours each day. And we've had 150 or 160 people in one training session, 120 in one another training session. Uh, it, it just they see the value of training regardless. And it just I'm just was just glad that I could be there to do that. And I had no problem spur the moment doing that. But they thought about their process and said, we need to keep on training because maybe we consolidate it down into this week or two and determine how we want to do training. Or maybe they have webinars uh, and they talk about company stuff or or talk about safety or or keep engaged with the people. Again, I don't know their structure. I don't know how they're pay. I don't know if they're sending people home with pay. But I said you got to, you know, like I tell people all the time when they are preparing for exam, is you have to study with a plan. You just can't crack the code book open. You have to study with a plan. Preparing for how this affects you as your company, you have to go in it with a plan, right? So with that said, I do want to, you know, so I had the different reactions and, and there's a couple more that I won't bore you with uh, of conversations with electrical contractors and how they're addressing it. Um, they do feel a concern. Um, but again, the more concern I saw was for the compassion of their people. And that was a beautiful thing. Um, and the concern for that. Um, and a lot of them, uh, basically, he, he, they were telling me that they were sending, and it felt good, that they were sending their people over to watch our, our videos. Okay, so that was, you know, hey, it, you know, whatever helps them, that, that's, that's, a, that's a beautiful thing. Okay, because I've got video, I got 300 plus videos or podcasts they can watch. They go back all the way to 2014 that you can watch, you know, if you feel the need. So anyway, what I also wanted to talk about today is I see some statements over here. We got, again, if you're on the podcast over on our video stream, we have people that can chime in. So if you're listening to the podcast and you ever want to be personally involved with the show on Saturday nights, go over to the YouTube feed. Okay. It's over on youtube.com forward slash master the NEC. We're going to have special guests as we get into this. Again, this is this is just the inaugural uh, first couple months of this show, believe it or not. So, I mean, it's going to get better. We got other people, got special guests lined up. Again, I it takes a while to get those, to get the timing down, but uh, we're going to do it. Um, and I thank you for those that have sent in topic requests. I uh, appreciate it. Definitely. All right. So what I wanted to do is kind of take this thing here with this COVID and also understanding how sensitive the topic is, how some people might feel one way towards it than another. Um, I am going to now spin this into an area where um, some people might not want me to go. I'm pretty sure there's other people that don't and I don't want to offend anybody. And I'm certainly not intending to. And anybody that knows me, that knows the real me, not people that I argue with because they think they're holier than thou, okay? We know who we're talking about, don't we? You know who I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, so look, I legitimately care. I don't hate anybody. Some people I don't like. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But I don't hate anybody. It's, I don't have enough time for hate. Um, we should be spreading at this point. It shouldn't be political. It shouldn't be this or that. It should be trying to get over this. Uh, but we need to put some things in perspective, okay? 
Now, Mario is, again, if you're over on the podcast, you know, Mario's one of our followers over in the actual video stream. And he said, let's spread positive. I love, Paul, that you said you had commitments to adhere to. Life doesn't stop by the uh, life doesn't stop. Be the absolute best in your job and keep your job to keep your job. Absolutely. I made commitments. Um, many people heard funny. You should say that Mario, for those that are listening on the podcast, uh, back, uh, back in 2007, I had a motorcycle accident. It was a life altering event. Um, I was, my son was on the back of the motorcycle and, uh, I hit gravel going up a mountain. Uh, luckily I was on, not on the cliff side and lost control of the bike, ran headfirst into the side of the mountain, snapped my femur about two inches from the socket. Um, and uh, nicked the artery in my leg and uh, had to be lifted off of the mountain. Um, my wife got a call, and they said, your son is wrecked. She said, well, he, uh, he, excuse me, your, your husband is wrecked, and your son got thrown off the motorcycle. And ironically, in a good way, where we ran into the side of the mountain, because we were going around S-curves, and the gravel was on the, the, the truck had dropped gravel, and I went off, and, it, and I couldn't write it back, couldn't write it back up. It, the bike was going off, and there's not enough room, and I went smack into the side of the mountain. It threw me off, and I guess the inertia is what snapped the femur. Um, and I'm sitting there with the bike laying on top of me trying to get up, and I hear this clicking, and that is actually the clicking was the, the, the bone. And, um, and they were like, and, and luckily for me, people stopped. It threw my son off 30 feet. His helmet hit the side of the rock and it cracked his helmet down the middle. And he, he survived, had some brute cuts and stitches, but he survived. Uh, thank God for that. Um, and, and I survived. It was a life changing event. Interesting enough. I was rushed to the, to the hospital, got all fixed up, went into surgery, emergency surgery. They put a titanium rod that's in my leg. And, 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 I, and, and bear with me, there's a moral to this thing. That after I got back, I could hardly move the leg. I had to stay downstairs. But, but I had commitments that I'd made to Eaton Cutler Hammer to help create their ECCN program. And I was committed to flying all over the country. Um, teaching that, you know? And so I'm sitting here with the leg that, that every time I moved it, the muscle would rip off the bone and I could feel it pulling off the bone. And I made commitments to, to, to Eaton. And when I talked to them, I was like, you know, I was in this accident and they were like, yeah, but you have an agreement. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but I was (laughs) anyway, long story short, I am dragging this, this stump of a leg through airports to go to my commitments no less than three weeks or so after I had that accident still with the pins in it. I guess they, they figured couldn't break it anymore. Right. Because I made a commitment to them. And so you got to just move through it and you know, that type of thing. And it it is just is what it is. And there's nothing that's, um, you, that we can't overcome but it is, you know, this, this COVID-19 thing is taking a toll uh, on people. Uh, Stephanie, as, as a visitor to our room, Stephanie says, I work for an electrical company as a project manager, and my boss cut my hours and let go of two employees. He's scared, uh, he's scared doesn't know where uh, the pa- pandemic is headed. Uh, now I can't afford health care. I understand, Stephanie. It's, it, it's, it is affecting different levels of different people. Now, what I've seen is, 
My experience so far is that administrative people, managers are, are the first to, to where they feel the hurt from something like this because we have literally gone, I said where I was going to go and I am. So stay tuned. Those that are watching, cause I've got something to show you. I I'm, I'm, I'm thinking we blew, we're blowing a lot of this out of proportion. Now, again, don't take it wrong, but I think that owners and people are doing this. Governors are most certainly doing it. Not that it's not a serious deal. It is. But what happens is the unskilled labor is suffering first before the trade skilled labor is suffering. And I think that's what we're experiencing. And that's kind of what's conveyed to me by one of the guys that I talked to this week when he said, you know, I have literally cut my in-house staff back. Uh, and, and, and I'm like, what about your, your workers, the, the electrical guys? And he goes, no, I, you know, I, I, they're out in the field. They're servicing. At least they keep the people that we have sent home. At least it tries to keep their job. Because they're trying to bring in some income. And that's, you know, that was the kind of the medium in the road type of contractor that I talked to. I really don't know his scope. I know the guy with the eight, and I know the one that has literally, you know, hundreds and hundreds of employees. This was a middle of the road guy. We had a conversation today because I did a calculation for him, and we just, we got into a conversation. So, and he explains the same thing that Stephanie's saying here. Um, he, he's, he has sent some people home or cut their hours back, but he didn't cut back the skilled labor. Okay, It's not to say you're not skilled labor, uh, Stephanie. Please don't take that wrong. I'm just saying that the, the guys that are out there or the girls that are out there turning the wrenches, they try to keep them on uh, in order to try to stay head above water. You know what I mean? Uh, okay, so with all that said, though, let's look at something because I want to tell you um, – my thing about this actually yes all right we have a call so we'll see how this works bear with me here because i've got a new system here all right bear with me bear with me because it didn't do exactly what i wanted it to do when it came up so if you're on the other line stay with me here Hello, this is Paul. Are you with me? Maybe not. Okay. Sorry about that. Somebody call in again. I will be, I was, apologize for that. I don't think I had the thing queued up ready to go. So feel free to call back in, whoever the caller was. I apologize. Um, so anyway, I'm not sure exactly where I was at on that, but, uh, or where I was, <laughs> I was out of my train of thought. Um, in that concept. So anyway, whoever the caller was, please, please uh, feel free to call back and we will take you in uh, into the call. Um, but anyway, that's what I felt from the contractor, really, that, that, that they were going to lay, they were going to worried more about the in-house people laying them down a little bit and then the, the people out in the field. Now, let's talk a little bit about this uh, from a perspective of the COVID-19 infection status live map because again i want to be a little bit um positive about the situation as best that i can and give you some of my opinions on this okay and you look at the covid map um you're gonna see 
Interesting over here on the right, you'll notice that China confirmed 162,914 people with the COVID-19. You'll notice that they have 6,522 dead. Now, that is the location, China. Here, let's start that up. Let's have a caller. Mike Boyle. Hey, Michael, you on the line? Yeah, hello, brother. Hey, how are you, sir? Welcome for calling in. Uh, it's good to be here. How yeah. are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So do you have any 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 uh, story, experience, or something of how it's affecting you or anybody you work with or what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have the coronavirus. You do have it? Yes. Okay. Did you did you get it from a job site or did you get it from, you know, did you recently travel? Yeah. Uh, I got it from college. Okay. Okay. So it's got college and, and, and have, um, how has it affected you? I mean, is it, are you, are you in quarantine? Uh, are you at home? I'm, I'm at home right now. I'm actually recovering pretty well. Okay. That's good. Thank God. I did for the last three weeks. It's, yeah. And, uh, is it, uh, now are, are you, are you an electrician? Are you working as an electrician? Are you, you're in the trade? I'm in the trade. I'm new to the trade. Yes. Okay, new to the trade. And so, what mm-hmm. was what was the what was the reaction of the of the company you work for? I mean, how did how are they addressing it? I know that I work for uh, Uncle Wire Corporation, and mm-hmm. you know, and we have all of a sudden all these forms we got to fill out if we have any symptoms. We're gonna, we, we're going to go home, and they're going to make us go home for you know uh, you know could be as much as fourteen days quarantine. Um, and how is your how's the company yeah, we, work uh, for? Got sent home. I've been fired, actually. Fired because you have the COVID-19? Yeah. Wow. That, that's... Yeah, I was coughing while I was in work, and they sent me home. Wow. Fired for yeah. for something that you could not help, but that's, mm. I, man, I am sorry. I, that, that is awful. That's no, fine, brother. Uh, you know, yeah, no, my, uh, my, uh, my lawyers, I, I will be suing. Absolutely. Obviously. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mistreated and this very uh, annoying. Well, industry. I, can, I can tell you that, um, you know, companies have to be aware because of the one thing that I can tell you of the awareness of something like this in a pandemic, people, people, um, as far as the government or whatever, take these things very seriously. When when an employer does something like that, you know you can you can lay somebody off, you can put them off for them to be, uh, you know. Unfortunately, you take a company that I work for, Texas in in Texas, they have a policy where they can fire you for any reason, right? And I I'm aware of that when I took the job. However, there is a level of of true compassion that you just you just don't do that and uh, I just I couldn't fathom doing that to anybody uh, just doing that so I, I feel for you but definitely yes talk to somebody about what you can do about it um, you know sending somebody maybe home and, and, and being uh, helping them recover or being supportive of them is what I think they would be but in today's time 
I can tell you that when somebody has a, a, a natural disaster and they hoard something and they end up selling a generator for 15 times its value in order to take advantage of people, they're going to start seeing where people, companies that are firing people because of this type of thing, causing them to be out of work is going to cause a lot of people to, to start filing lawsuits and things like this because it's just not right. Now, there is an issue where the company is doesn't fire somebody but lays them off because they're having to do this with a lot of people because it's affected their company. And that's a sad thing. I'm hoping that's not where everybody's going. Uh, but again, if the company's still going and they just fired you because of this reason, that's that's just that's awful. But it also, I tell you what, it kind of makes you question whether or not this was the company you wanted to work for, right? Are you still there? Well, I guess he dropped. I guess the line dropped off uh, from the call. Um, but yeah, that's awful. Um, that's uh, that is a terrible situation right there, where somebody would do something like that. Um, again, companies can fire people for any reason in many states. Uh, if you work for a municipality, for example, it's very hard to get fired if you're an inspector. Okay, you got to have a got to have a grievance policy and process. But uh, sadly, uh, this gentleman, to, to in order for somebody to just fire them because they teen, it's just that's awful. I, I just can't imagine doing that to anybody. Now, if my company has to lay people off or give you the option to be off of work for a couple of weeks until we can hopefully recover. Maybe that's a compromise because I do understand it. If you can't meet payroll, you can't meet payroll. Um, but there's got to be a better way, right? But anyway, I'm going to put you into my pr- kind of a perspective here. I don't know if you can see on the screen very well. Um, and, I, and I'm not sure how, how well I can blow this up and I will try if I can, to blow these numbers up. But if you look above me, what you'll notice is that China, uh, obviously where this started, okay, there's a lot of hype in the news, but it's, it's fact. And you can look at the numbers and see the fact. It started in China, but look at the number of cured. Okay, now this map is a, is a live map uh, that, that's, that's basically feeding the information from the CDC. And you'll notice that, yes, they have 6,522 dead, probably Again, very condensed population, spread it, and there's elderly and underlining conditions. And again, uh, China's a, a communist country, so we, we, we know how they treat their people generally. Um, but you can't say the same for Italy. Um, so in Italy, you look at the numbers of confirmed cases, and, and it kind of goes down. But what's important that, that I want to keep perspective for people uh, is when you compare this to the flu. And everybody hates that comparison. And I get it. Um, because the flu, we take vaccines for. But we've had quite a few of these uh, rare strains that have been uh, way deadlier than what we're dealing with now. I know we're early on, but if you start look at the trend, uh, China's numbers are starting to drop off. The number of cured is really, really high. In fact, the number of cured is way up there in the total confirm rate. And yes, they've lost 6,522 lives, and that is an awful, awful, awful thing. It's Loss of life is always, uh, I, don't, I mean, it, it's just unfathomable 
that you could do that. And, and here in the United States, we had, what is it, um, in New Jersey, we had a family of four that actually, you know, all died when they, they got it. This is awful. Uh, but let's put it in perspective. We're going to recover. We're going to try to do the things we do. We've learned new things like social distancing. We've, 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 you know what? I tell you one thing that I have learned uh, myself in the last week is that I was not as hygienic as I thought I was. Okay, maybe I'm doing a little more now, but the washing the hands, the covering the face when you cough, the all these things that we probably should do anyway to stop spreading flus and things like that. We're obviously more aware of that. Now, I will tell you this, and and, and not to on a, on a lighter side of anything, because I'm going to show you some more numbers here. Um, <laughs> the, I watched a video the other day where people were. Um, it was a Costco and they pushed out toilet paper and literally people were literally fighting over toilet paper, right? I mean, they literally were fighting over and, and I shudder to think that we've gotten to that stage because I can see running out of food. I can see, but you know what? I know this is going to sound crude and I get it. I get it. But you know what? There's napkins that we use for for picnics that are still on the shelf. There are uh, disposable wipes. There are paper towels. There are, go over into the RV section and there's the RV toilet paper. I get it. Um, But what, hey, I I talked to my wife and I said, you know what, if it got down that bad, and, and again, I am not sure I understand the link between this and the need for toilet paper. Because the last I checked, when we had a briefing at work about this, and incidentally, we have a couple people that we've sent home because we think that they were subjected to it. I was the one that was out traveling, but they asked me, and I answered the questionnaire, and I don't feel any different. My temperature's not up. I haven't gone and gotten tested. Um, and at the end of the day, there's no cure for it. So most of the time, I'm isolated in my room anyway. So, you know, they only come to me when, you know, code issues and things like that. So, I mean, I didn't feel like I was putting anybody at risk and they didn't feel the protocol was to send me home. But nowhere in that list do I recall having the craps as one of the symptoms. Um, I mean, I don't, uh, you know, I don't know. But anyway, you know, we have this, when I saw that video of people fighting, over toilet paper. I'm sitting there thinking, this is, what would happen if we had something that was worse than this? Because I think the laying off of jobs and everything that's happening in the, in the, in the uh, and again, I said I might offend people in this one, but I, again, I'm not doing it on purpose, is I think that there's a lot of this that we might be blowing way, way, way uh, out of proportion. And it's not you folks that are working that it's blown out of. It's the people that are making the decisions to cause widespread, widespread panic. I mean, look at the curve. So what you see now is it's been two months, about a little over two months, and the cured rate on China and in the, in the, in the, in the uh, confirmed cases are, are, are drastically dropping now. So we have Italy, which has their curve. And again, it's, um, you've got the, the numbers will change on the cure rate on that as well. Uh, but then you have it going down, and you got United States. So we have 19,624 confirmed cases as of this. I guess it's supposed to be live. So, And 
we have 147 cured and we have about 260 deaths. The most of the ones that I saw that have died and it's a, a tragic to lose any life is they were underlining issues um, or they had, and you could be still be middle-aged young and have an underlining issue. Um, I mean, I don't like to think I'm too old, but I have underlining issues of diabetes, um, which is supposed to be not good with this type of thing. Um, but at the end of the day, um, we're going to get through this as we did with swine flu, as we did with, with SARS, as we did with MERS. Um, we're going to make it through it. The biggest concern here is whether or not all the gains we've made in the economy are going to go to crap. And I think it's, be honest with you, I am not a fan of the media. I just am not. I think that we're in this media cycle, this bubble now. Well, every single thing, when somebody farts in Texas, people report smelling it in Virginia. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's some things that you just read into the hype. And, you know, I, for one, think, you know, whether you like my political affiliation or not, I think that the, that the current administration has been keeping us up to date. They did about the best they could. They put a quarantine or a travel ban in, in effect when people said no, when some people argued about it, and he did it and it wasn't popular. And that probably staved off a lot of people rushing back to the states and this thing being even worse. Now, is the numbers going to go up? Sure. Um, but again, nobody does... Are, does America like Americans, and we will get through it. I hope that it doesn't tear up our economy, that you know we try to, to bring some rationale and, and, and reasoning back to this thing. But I just want to put some things in it. This is no consolation for the people that, um, that have lost their, you know, their jobs. I can't. I, it breaks my heart to think that somebody's, is, especially if you're living from paycheck, to paycheck, and this happens. Let's face it, whether you like this administration or not, or not, doesn't matter to me, but what I can tell you, you have not had an administration get thrown a curveball as these administrations has for the last three, four years. I mean, I'm not going to turn it political. I'm just saying, you accuse somebody, accuse somebody, accuse somebody, crap worth of evidence, accuse somebody, and then all of a sudden you throw a pandemic at them and the, the, I'm just saying, let's not make it political. Let's just get this done. Okay. Um, so for those that are off work, it sucks. I get it. But let's use this opportunity to educate, learn a little more because I can tell you the jobs are going to come back. Projects need to be finished. Uh, things that are in the pipeline have to be done, and uh, I think that at the end of the day, we're going to be stronger for it. We're definitely going to be prepared for any future pandemics, whether or not, again, there's no cure, but if you don't think that we have the best minds in the world working on this, we do. And again, if we stay out of the media who wants to turn this thing political either way, uh, I just I just don't even want to watch that crap. All right. I just don't want to watch it. All right. So anyway, if you look at the cure rate, here's the greatest sign. You ready? Any deaths bad. I think we got a handle on this curve. Okay. Um, And if you look at it, statistically numbers based, 
China has the cure rate and the death rate is awful. The death is awful, but it's turning a curve and people are getting cured from it or, or, or surviving it. Okay. And we're going to see the same thing here. Um, you know, um, 260 deaths are awful. Um, I think, uh, but let's put this in perspective. Okay. Let's look at this real quick. Uh, so what I've got on the screen here, if I can get it centered here so you can see it, let's talk about deaths. And I know people, some people do not want to hear this and I apologize if it offends you. Okay. Seriously, I do. The COVID-19 approximately 11,906 deaths reported worldwide. Okay. 260 deaths in the U.S. as of March 21st. Okay, that's today. So very current. The flu, 291,000 to 647,000 deaths worldwide. 12,000 to 61,000 deaths in the U.S. per year, right? Nobody's talking about it. I understand it. The COVID's easier to catch. The COVID has no cure. Look, I get it. I get it. And I'm not here to argue either way. I am saying we need to realize that when we cause a mass hysteria in this industry, not just this industry, any industry, governors, governors are literally freaking out. In fact, my brother told me that back in Virginia, they will not even let you go to the park and walk. In fact, Lake Anna, uh, no, excuse me, Lake Monticello, or Monticello, depending on where you're at, is a, is a beach that is there for that community that you can go, you can't even go out on a boat. I would go stir crazy. I would. They don't even, they're not even allowing you, and the governor won't even allow you to leave your house. Again, 12,000 to 61,000 deaths a year from the flu. Usually our aged, our elderly, um, uh, and, 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 and all that are, are sadly the ones that get stuck with most of those deaths, I'm sure, but also small children and, and babies and things like that. Well, we don't have the babies that are dying from this. So let's look at it from a certain perspective here. Yes, I think this COVID thing is awful. And, you know, I, I've got some people close to me, I, this individual that called us in on the, on the call. It's awful that you have it and that somebody would fire you for that rather than support you for it. You didn't know you were going to get it, okay? You didn't know that you were going to actually, that was going to happen to you, you know? So uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's just totally awful that that could take place and that, that you could be running into that experience. But, it, 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 you know, it's one of those things that's just, how do we cope? How do we survive? How do we keep moving forward with this, right? And, again, putting it in perspective, um, right there on the screen, the number of deaths that come from the, 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 the flu. And we're nowhere near that, okay? And we're going to have this trend where the numbers are going to go up. I get it. And we're all now very, one thing I will say about Americans is we're very socially aware. That's a term that's not new. We're very socially aware. And in, and in that scenario, we actually adapt very quickly. And we did adapt very quickly. And people are conscious about cleaning their hands. They're very conscious about 
everything that's involved with uh, the basic hygiene and, and all those type of things. But I think we're going to get through this. Like I said, medium, small contractors, medium size, keep plugging away. If you do get some free time, you're going to be off. For example, Q time, you said that you're off of work from the 17th to April 7th. Um, make that time productive because it, if you can survive it, it's, it's going to be back and you're going to be needed and we're going to have to all of a sudden catch up. And the economy is going to come back again. I believe it. I'm positive about it. Uh, those that are out of work, um, lean on people that love you. Lean on your family. Uh, there will be people out there that will help you. Um, don't be afraid. Don't be too proud to ask people for help that you know. Okay? Um, don't be too proud to do that. And you're going to make it through it. We're all going to make it through it. And this is just one of those things that... We're having to deal with, and I think our economy is good. Skilled labor is skilled labor. It's still going to be okay. The unions are going to be able to absorb this. The non-unions are going to hopefully have a contingency plan. It is something that bigger companies need to think about, putting payroll money away to be able to sustain their payroll for at least a month. That's something to shoot for, okay, when we have a world where anything could happen in any minute, okay? We could have an anthraps, anthraps, anthrax attack and how it would affect us okay we, we we need to be ready for these things okay and i think that we are going to learn from this uh i think the current administration is i agree mario i think they've been doing a good job as good as anybody could expect it to be um and you know i think that we should put that politics aside and let's kick this thing's butt and let's move forward and i think that's really what we need to do and that's how we should we should focus on all of this type of thing. You know what I'm saying? That should be how we approach it. So I want to thank you all for joining us tonight and on this show. Again, where we talked about it, I think that there, the, the it's future's bright for us. I think that we can get through this for all of you that are that are out there that are off of work or that don't have the job or, or whatever it is. You know, you know, I, you know. I'll, I'm going to say a prayer. A prayer is about all I can do for you at this time, but I'm going to say it. And uh, I think that we all look at prayer. We all look at whatever your belief is, whether you believe in Buddha, whether you believe in Gandhi, whether you believe in whatever you believe in, okay? Times like this, it's so much better to believe in something than to think the alternative is to die with nothing. And so, again, nothing against those that don't believe, you're still my friend. I'm still your friend. I, I just have to personally believe in something to make life worthwhile for me, to go from day to day, to know that there's something there. Um, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. So, again, so at the end of the day, folks, I got a guy calling me grandpa. There's always a smart bunch and uh, somebody in the group. So, anyway, till next time, folks. Uh, stay safe and God bless. You've been listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul Abernathy.